Um, the first week I was out in Colorado at the uh, Wild at Heart um, John Eldridge boot camp, and uh, that was a really great experience. I'll share a little bit with that. And then last week I was cheering on my daughter in Irish dance. That's a little longer event. Um, so one of the things that I learned out at uh, the John Eldridge boot camp, which was really interesting, um, looking back and reflecting, I started my walk with Christ probably a little later than most. And having said that, being able to reflect on a lot of things through my journey, it was interesting to see that Christ was always walking with me, even though my walk, I wasn't quite ready for him through my walk. Uh, I was able to look back and reflect on a lot of things that happened growing up and recognizing that he was there for me, I wasn't quite ready to receive yet. Um, and I, I really brought that home and, and am working really hard with my son on making sure that we understand what that looks like. Uh, so that I just wanted to share that, share that experience and uh, kind of give you a little bit of background of why I'm not tying this directly to what we're working on in the first two sessions. Uh, and I would like to to kick us off with a little bit of prayer. So, Lord, thank you for this fellowship, this brotherhood, uh, your guidance, your patience, your grace, and always working with us, uh, having that patience and being prepared for us to join you. Um, and again, through through this fellowship and through our ability to, to stick together as men and grow uh, we're just grateful for your for your guidance and, and again, your your blessings. So with that, uh, amen, and thank you. I'm going to hand it over to Ken. Thanks, Matt. Amen, and here's Ken. <laughs> Even makes it rhyme. Uh, guys, thanks a ton. That, that was better. You weren't here the first week. Brent, uh, he prayed that God would try to use what he showed me to... Uh, <laughs> Still praying. Thank you, Brent. Uh, guys, we're going to switch up the pace a little bit this week, but I did want to start off with uh, just a chance to be around the table, but I want to introduce a new concept of just kind of breaking down some walls and getting to know each other uh, a little bit better, because I don't, I don't know how you are, but when have, have you been out with guys, whether it's golf, whether it's hunting, whether it's just hanging out, or maybe it's just lunch, and uh, has your wife ever said so who'd you meet with oh wow that's great what'd you talk about Did anybody have this experience where you're like uh golf that's what we talked about it's like well this is all going on in their life and i'm like okay and i just I, all of a sudden I get defensive i can't think of anything and uh it, it's sometimes difficult but have you ever had one of those experiences where you're with maybe a few guys maybe it's around uh just just watching a ball game or whatever and the conversation is just natural, and something triggers something, and it's just just fun. And you're, you're talking about everything. And I want to have a little bit of that time. Uh, I call this we time. And uh, what I want to do to open up, especially since there are some that, that haven't been here yet, which is fine. Man, we're so glad you're here. There's a couple guys missing this week, and they said, man, I, I got to miss the mom week, but I'm going to be here for the healing week, which is next week, which is great. But I want to just have a time to kind of just get into this, and we're going to go over the mom stuff during the time. We're going to have another kind of minor discussion time, then the big one at the end as well. But during this time, I want to take about, let's see, there's about seven, eight guys. I want to take about eight to ten minutes here to start off. And I want to have what I call we time. And that is, I want you to think about this week, this coming week. 
And I want you to share either one, and this is the W, what are you worried about this week? When you're driving, what comes to your mind that you're just trying to get through? Or the E, what are you excited about? What are you excited about that's coming up? One of those two or both. And uh, if, if I were in your group, here's the basic 60, 90 seconds I would share. And it's true. I would just say, you know what? Not really worried, but I've just been on the road a ton. And I've got a bunch more this week, and it's not a bad thing. It's great opportunities, but I'm just I'm just feeling a little bit run down. And I am so glad to be here tonight, because I don't know about you, but this time for me is where I get just a little bit charged up. I just feel like I let my guard down. I get to be around guys, and this is like energizing to me. And then the excited part is I've marked this on my calendar for the last three weeks, because I knew I was in a busy time. My son is at the University of Georgia and my wife and I are leaving that afternoon. Uh, it's only about two and a half hours away. We're going up to take him and some friends to dinner, go to a ball game that night. And I'm telling you, I, I could not be more excited about that. So that would be my worried and excited. I, that's both. You can share one, either, or neither. Uh, but I just want to go around the table. Just say your name. Hey, you know what? This When I'm driving, this is what's on my mind right now. And or what are you excited about coming up? One of those two. Okay, so take about 10 minutes, do that, and uh, then we'll kick into the material tonight. Okay, guys, um, let's dive in, and I know that there's some more you can talk, and I'm very encouraged by the conversations going on here. Let me encourage you, we'll have some time at the end. If you didn't get to finish your circle, finish it at the end tonight, because here's what I want us to do. Um, One of the pieces that I pray for is that God would let us just kind of connect on a different level, and uh, that would be simply this, this week. Uh, I, I really believe that God's going to bring one of those uh, gentlemen at your table to mind, and he's going to bring one of those issues to mind, whether it was a worried or an excited, and just take a moment, wherever you are, when that comes to your mind, and just pray for him. Just go, man, I hope, God, I've just, I, I pray for him in that situation. And uh, it's just a way to connect in community that I think God wants us to have, especially as men. So with that being said, uh, how many of you had a chance to read one or both of the preliminary stories? Awesome. Um, anything sticks out in those two, if you, if you read them, anything that sticks out in the first one about Augustine and his mom, anything stick out in your mind? Not everybody at once. There you go. The transformation. That, that he went on. Is anybody else struck by that? He kind of fell into the same pattern as his, as his dad. Just that he kind of became his dad, even though that he saw the, the negative effects of that. Uh, faithfulness, faithfulness of his mom really stuck out in that one as well. Anything else about the Augustine one? Because the other one was the one that really kind of hit me. Um, the second one was about one of the authors, Brian Carter. And he was just talking about the effects of his mother's and his grandmother and the the very strong women in his background. Uh, anything stick out in that story that you, you marked or thought, man, I, I remember this part of that story? Yes. When I first got married, I had a guy tell me that he was like 15. He said, today's going to come when you have to teach me your mom. Of course, my mom was always very long. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know his mom or something? That's, that's your brother. Okay. <laughs> Okay, brother lost. So you got that one. Did you sense that your wife 
when you made that choice, was there a change there in her? Or was there an emotion or some semblance of her going, you got to make this choice? Or even afterwards going, wow, I really am that? Or did you sense that at all then? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Strong mom. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, you know, I think I went to the other extreme where I just I went to the total other extreme where I'm like, hey, if it ever comes down to that, I'm, I'm with you to where my wife initiated a lot with my mom and has kept her in the loop where I, I've really failed there a lot of times. And she's been great at that. So. Yeah, that choice of the mom. And if you read the story, he was just talking about the first time he introduced his wife to his grandmother there at breakfast. And she said something very derogatory. And he said, just was like, what? And that just put a wedge there for a long time between them until later on when he was ordained. And, and he, went, he went to his grandmother and said, hey, you need to apologize to her. And that, man, that's a tough conversation to have uh, going to the... the patriarch of the family just going that yeah brother yeah she may not have been a good mood that day you're right but uh to to have to confront there that's that's really tough now i this i want to set up this session in the sense that i want us to discover not uh, you know, we, do we have a good mom, a bad mom, strong mom, weak mom, but really more from the glasses of, uh, and I was really praying through this and really from the, the sense of this past week, I'm like, Lord, you know what? I had a really tough situation. I did not respond the way I felt I should. I, I was overwhelmed. What, what can I do differently next time? And I want that same mindset because what God laid on my mind is I was just kind of a, a quiet time with him. He's like, you know what, Ken, when you're feeling like that, stop. Just stop mentally for a moment. I know the world's going to go around and stop and engage me. Engage me because I am with you and then evaluate and let's evaluate this together. And uh, I'm like, Lord, that's that's really good. So I, I'm writing this down and I thought, well, there's two E's and I, I, there's got to be another E. And as I wrote it down, I, I wrote it up here. God, God just showed me this and it was kind of funny. I could almost hear him chuckle. He's like, Ken, stop, engage and evaluate. And it's an acronym, and I did not know that. It's just like, you want to see what to do? D- do this. I-, I did that for you, Ken, because you're not smart. If you want to see what to do, stop, engage, and evaluate. And I'm like, okay, all right, I need to do that. So tonight, what I want us to do is exactly that. I just want us to stop. We're in here. We're away from it. I want us to engage and say, Lord, we really do want you to show us. Maybe it's a pattern, and that's probably the biggest part I saw. I'll share in a minute. The pattern that I, I kind of got from my mother that was an unhealthy pattern and realized that it explains, but it doesn't excuse it. And, and that may be it. Maybe it's just God wants to, us to engage him to show, hey, this is what we need to do moving forward. Maybe you need to deal with the conflict or whatever. But uh, as we evaluate on page 54, right out of the gate, the mother-son relationship is an important part of who we are. I don't know how your mom was. I believe every mom, when they get pregnant, they go to mom's school. I do not know where this school is, but I know they go there because every mother says the exact same things. And, and you can, I'll prove it. You can finish these statements. Keep your elbows off the table. Don't say something. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. That's it. That's mom's school. 
And now my mom was one who was, I, 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 the only word I can think of is manipulative, okay? So when I was little, I'm like, I'm like eight years old. My mother tried to get me to eat vegetables I didn't want to eat. Like she'd make collard greens or spinach. And, and I like vegetables. I like vegetables. I like corn. I like carrots. I like vegetables. But here's my rule about vegetables. If it looks like it came out of a lawnmower, I don't eat it, okay? That's, that's just my rule. But she'd try to get me to eat it. Do y'all remember the cartoon Popeye? Yeah, you know, the spinach, and she goes, you know what, if you if you eat your spinach, you grow up big and strong like Popeye. And I'm like, well, Popeye's a dork. I don't want to look like Popeye. And she actually said this. She goes, if you'll eat your spinach, you'll, it'll grow hair on your chest. Now, I'm like nine years old, and I actually thought this. I thought, and I said it. I said, Mom, why are you eating it? And uh, she said, well, it doesn't work on girls. And I'm like, okay. See, but moms, now moms live by a double standard. They do, and they're allowed to because, you know, they did that nine-month carrying your birth thing, so they get to live by it. But I remember this one vividly. I love to play baseball. And I came up after practice one day. She's talking to another mom, and, and I, we've been playing baseball. It's a dirt field. I'm dirty. And uh, we're going to go out to eat afterwards. And did your mom ever do this? Because we used to use big wads of chewing gum, and we'd spit. We'd pretend it was tobacco, you know. And she's like, stop. That is disgusting. Quit that. That's gross. And she's talking to this mom, and she goes, okay, we got to go, and I'm spitting. And she's like, stop spitting. That's disgusting. And we started to go. We get to the car. She goes, well, we're going to eat. Oh, my goodness, look at your face. And it was dirty because they've been playing baseball. And she said, come here. She took out a Kleenex, took my face, spit on the Kleenex, and wiped my face. Your mom ever do that? Double standard. See, mom, get away with that. But here's the deal. That, she's looking out for me, and it's double standard, and I get that. But here's the deal. We are affected by our moms. We are affected by the way they raised us. And those potential effects can be negative and positive. And if we will stop and engage, say, God, show me what I need to evaluate here. I think we're going to get a lot out of this. Because here's the deal. Um, That number two, the way our moms have handled our needs as children shape our worldview, our relationships, marriage, career, self-image, and life. And, And mom really does have a huge effect. But there's two significant breaks that God designed us to have. And the first break is simply this. There must be a physical separation from mom at birth to end the oneness that began at conception. Um, Any of you guys who have children, did you cut the cord? Anybody? Okay, did you really? Man, way to go. Um, They're like, hey, here's the system. I'm like, yeah, I'm paying you to do it. All right, so... (laughs) And I, I didn't do it, but there needs to be that, that cut the cord. And, and not only physically, but mentally as well, because there's some guys, they stay, they stay connected, and that's the next one. There must be an emotional separation from mom when a boy transitions to manhood. And I can give a hundred examples, but one of the, one of the biggest one, uh, conflicts my wife and I had, whereas our boys got in later into high school, and uh, they, they had had some issues that came up where they were treated poorly or whatever. And she goes, you need to do something. We need to do something. And I'm like, no, not in this situation. I'm going to coach them. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to be there when they get their, their, uh, their bloody nose. And it wasn't a physical thing, but I'm like, hey, you got this. And, and she goes, but it's not fair. And they're older. And I'm like, they've got to do this. And she goes, well, I'm going to go talk to them. And, and it was one of the first times I ever did this in a disagreement. I said, no. No, you're not. She goes, what do you mean? And I said, you got to trust me on this. You got to trust me. You got to let him be a man. 
And she goes, well, he's only 17. He's only 18. I'm like, you got to let him become a man. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, let this go. Now, listen, I'm going to be there when they come back. But I said, here's the deal. He needs to know that we believe in him, that he can do this. And she did. She said, I, I don't get that. And I said, because you're not a man. You're a woman. I said, you got to trust me on this. When Kennedy, when she gets up in the teenage years, they, I mean, she's there now. And I'm telling you, I pick her up. She starts crying. Why are you crying? I don't know. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> you, you got to talk to mom about that. I got nothing for you, you know, but I said, you got to let me help them become men here. And that's that's one of those, uh, because here's the, many men are left deeply entrenched or overly connected to their mom. Too much mom. Can't tell mom no. Can't make decisions without mom. And, the, and that's, a, that's a negative effect. The next one down, men who are overly connected to mom can feel like their masculinity is fragile. Like, man, if I try to do this and it doesn't work out, what's going to happen? And men were, were, were meant to be fragile. We were meant to have scars. We were meant to say, hey, nice scar. Way to go. What happened with that? Well, you know, this is what went. We were meant to get through things and realize we can get through things. And that's the way we're made. Uh, Therefore, a man shall leave. This is in the very beginning, second chapter of the entire Bible. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And that is a physical departure and a physical union. And both of those are good. And uh, God designed us that way. So the third part here, the mother wound and its effects. Now, I've got to tell you, I've been going over this definition and I've kind of got it, but it's more in the function of it. And let me just say, if, if as we're going through this, if any of you guys are like, man, I think I've got a great example of what that might look like. Please let me know. Because um, I'm just kind of going through the definitions of these, and I've got some situations. But if you've got a good one, please share it with us. Number one, the mother wound. An unhealthy emotional relationship with mom that causes a son to be, either be threatened by the influences of women later on in their life or to um, over-identify and become submissive to the influence of women. So it's an unhealthy balance. Uh, Number two, men with a mother wound will often drift to one or to two extremes as how they relate to women. And if you look below there, first, the dominant male is too controlling towards women. And uh, I don't know about everybody, but I've seen this as probably one of the most difficult uh, to reconcile in life. Guys feel like they have to control them. Where are you going? What are you doing? There's a a lack of trust. There's a lack of freedom. There's the relationship can't be what it's meant to be with another female, specifically in a relationship moving to marriage and in marriage, because there's this controlling and this lack of trust because of the dominant. And that would be one extreme. The other is the soft male becomes too passive and submissive. And uh, let me just confess, in the first part of my marriage, I, I think some of the society had seeped in and I thought, you know what? I'm going to, I'm just going to, it's going to be us decision and we are going to make all the decisions and, and we do. And there are areas where my wife is far better suited to make decisions than I am, especially when they were little and she was home with the kids and I'd come home and she'd ask me a question. I'm like, I don't know what you're with them all day. What do you think? 
But here's what I discern, and here's what I've discovered. While she is better suited, more experienced, and better in that area, she desires that I not only be a part of that decision, but be responsible for that decision. And I'll say, hey, and, and I started articulating it this way. I said, you know what? I think you've got much more experience here. So tell me what you think are the best options here. I'm going to make the decision, and I'm going to be responsible for it. If it goes south, it's on me. But you tell me what it is you think we need to do here. And she would tell me, and I'm like, you know what? I agree with your assessment. We're going to do that, but I'm telling you, if, if it goes south, that's on me. And just that simple owning it and being responsible. And when we go back to the, the, the last session we talked about, one of the ways God made us was to accept responsibility. Even when we don't have full control over it, even when we're not the expert at it, we're the, we're the head. We're the one saying, yeah, um, I'm putting you in charge of it because you're better at this, but I'm going to be responsible for it. And, I, and that way there's something about it and within a woman they – they feel like, oh, good, it's not all on me. And taking that responsibility has been huge. Um, so some common characteristics of the mother womb. And here's where, if, and he gave a couple examples as I read through some of the material. Usually the mother womb is not all in attention, but over attention. Over attention to details, wanting to be a little more controlling. Uh, one of the guys shared as I was looking at some of the materials, he said, if you're a guy and your mom is paying your bills and doing your laundry and you're 24 years old, that's over attention. You need to go ahead and cut the cord and go ahead and grow up. Um, it's one of those where there's this over attention like, oh, well, I'm going to be there until you find a wife or whatever. No, 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 no. That's that's too much. Let him be a man. Uh, this wound often begins with a an absence. This is really true. An absence or distant father where the dad is not actively involved and connected and seeking a lot of times that over mother and she's going to go and kind of take what she views as that that void there there's a great quote on number three there and overwhelmingly likely to have been reared under the direct dominance and supervision of females from birth to maturity, the modern man, men today, dads are becoming more and more disconnected. They're, they're just leaving the rearing to mom. Uh, if you were here in the first session, we saw where in the agricultural society, dad was in the field right next to the house. He didn't go away. He wasn't gone. You could see him there. His kids got older. Dad would say, hey, come on. You're coming to milk the cows with me. You're going to feed the chickens while I do this. And they were integrated and they saw dad work. But something happened in that industrial revolution where dad went away for work and he's gone all day. And uh, we, we as men, we have to step up and go, you know what? I'm not going to let the mom be the only role there. I'm going to engage with my kids. I'm going to find some time for that. So that, that is a reality, even though uh, when we look at the four types of moms that contribute to the mother wound, we're going to look at these four, and then we're going to take a couple minutes to really talk through this. We're going to have this time, we'll wrap it up, and then have our big time at the end. But let's look at these four, and what I want you to do as we go through these four is identify which one you grew up under, okay? Which one of these four best represents what you went under? First, um, the, the first type of a mother wound, the unintentional 
mom. She stays oblivious to her son's needs to connect with other men and to make a healthy break with her. She just stays totally connected. Um, I, I'll give you a great example. I won't, you, you wouldn't know if I told you, but one of my wife's friends um, who has boys the same age as our boys, I'll call her Janie because that's her name. And uh, Janie is the unintentional mom. She is the one who stays, she follows her son on Facebook and Instagram and everywhere. She, may, she sends texts to him when she sees something pop up about him. He's a junior in college. And she is all over his personal life all the time. And she's literally said, I'm just trying to help. And I want to say, I told Heather, tell her she's not. She's not helping. And to just back off. He's a good kid. She's like, I'm not telling her that. So it's the, the unintentional mom that's just, just too involved, but it's unintentional and good hurt. Uh, number two, the hurting mom. And this is the woman who has lost emotional connection with her husband. And she makes up for it by over-connecting with her son. And maybe you were one that you grew up and dad was always gone and mom looked for you for that emotional support. Was that your situation? Um, that one really challenged me, not so much with my mom, but with my wife. And am, do I know her love language? Am I pouring into her? Am I taking time to make sure that I am filling that emotional part of her life? So there's different ways we can look at these. But number three the unwilling to release mom. The unwillingness to release mom. And this is where that tear uh, that John mentioned earlier, that, that mom, that moment where we're going to have to choose between mom or wife. And mom's not willing to release. So I'm just trying to help you guys out because you're newlyweds and, and they're there too much and they're too connected and unwilling to release and let them grow up. If you want to, and here's a clarifier, especially uh, for those of you who are newlyweds and or have been married, and that is uh, Christmas or Thanksgiving. The unwilling to release mom will use words like, well, of course you're coming over for Thanksgiving. You know, it's not a question. It's just, of course you are. And we hit that with, with our first kids. And man, I had to draw the line in the sand and I sensed my wife getting this tension. We're going to have a baby. It's Christmas. What are we going to do at Christmas? And and, and I know my mom's thinking and your mom's thinking. And I said, and I stepped in and I just said, you know what? We're going to be here. We're staying here this year. And they can come visit if they want to. Well, my mom and your mom. And I'm like, that, yeah, we're a family. And that's what's going to happen this year. And she, I just see her relief because that, that really set a, a, a tone. And then finally, the fill in the gap mom. This can lead to over-connection and dependence if the son does not have a strong male mentor to guide him, i.e., uh, older gentleman, uh, just just somebody that, that doing life that when they hit those critical points, whether it's an, a group of guys that they can talk to about it and glean from, maybe it's an older gentleman, maybe it's a dad, maybe it's a grandfather. If that's not there, then this gap mom can really, really kind of leave a wound there that, I'm, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, so here's what I want to do. I want to take about uh, five to ten minutes, uh, and I'll time it. And I just want you to share, you know, it feel like my mom was a lot like this. My mom was this. And we're just identifying your moms um, at this point. And we'll get into, I'm going to give a little bit more direction at the end. 
So which one was kind of, which category would your mom fall into? Because if we'll identify this, it's going to start revealing some of the patterns that maybe we, we don't realize are there. I know it did for me. So take five, ten minutes, go around which of these moms was the one for you. Let's, let's roll through the last part of this, and then I'm going to give you a couple more discussion questions with a little twist to what's in the material. I loved overhearing some of the uh, some of the conversations. There were guys who said, "Yeah, my my mom was kind of these two. I had I heard a couple guys go, "Man, my mom was all of them." And I heard some guys going, "My mom wasn't really any of them," which is just a great great healthy balance. So it, it's it's not to pigeonhole and say mom is this or mom isn't this. It's really to just identify how we related to mom. So that's awesome. On page fifty seven. I'm going to ask you if you know what word fills in this first blank. Did you know that Jesus had some blank with his mom? Issues? Anybody want to take another guess? Arguments? Anybody else? Had what? Had a, okay. Had some relationship with his mom? Okay. That sounded weird, but okay. Uh, no, no, he, he did have a great relationship with his mom. How about this? disagreements there you go did you know that jesus had some conflicts with his mom and in mark 3 20 and on it uh he's he's speaking at a house and somebody said hey it's jam-packed and he's teaching the crowd sitting around him said hey your mother and your brother are outside looking for you and jesus said who's my mother and who's my brother and then they looked and they seated in the circle around him he says here are my brother and my brothers Whoever does God's will is my brother and my sister and my mother. Um, Jesus' first miracle was a conflict with his mom. He's at the, the wedding at Canaan. And they're like, hey, they're out of champagne. And, and they're buzzing around. And, and she literally looks. She goes, hey, you do something. He's like, this is my time. And she goes, do whatever he tells you. And she was the typical Jewish mom. And he's like, you're going to do this. You get over there and do that. And, and, and he did. And he did. He turned the water into wine. Not just wine, but like champagne. And it was like, okay. And there was this conflict there. So, yes. Did he do a miracle? But No, that was his first miracle. So how did she know that he could do it? Because she was mom. <laughs> Moms know everything. And if you're a son, you can do anything. Right? And she, yeah, yeah, she didn't know that part. She had that going for her. She can't do that. Touche. Touche. She knew he was God. All, yes, all moms do believe that you can do anything. I, I, I'll never forget. When uh, I was in sales and marketing, I was in the top 10 in sales for a Fortune 500 growth company, and I had this wild idea. I said, yeah, I think I want to speak and I want to do comedy for a living. And, and I had a lot of people going, you are out of your mind. You know, that is not it. And I remember coming back from my grandfather's funeral, and we're flying back from Montana. And uh, I thought, okay, I'm going to tell my mom and my dad. I'm sitting between them on an airplane. I said, you know what? Here's, here's what I'm thinking. And, and my dad kind of very contemplatively, he's, he's an engineer. He's kind of taking it all in. But my mom instantly, she goes, well, of course you can. You'd be awesome at that. And I'd be like... I've never done it before, you know, but that's, that's just mom, isn't it? 
moms believe everything. But Jesus, and here's the point of, of that first, uh, the second blank on that page. Jesus had healthy boundaries with his mom. And he knew where those were, and, and he set a great example. Not that there's not conflict, but there were healthy boundaries there. And I love this because it's honor your mother and father. How does that all work? And uh, in John, where literally near the cross, Jesus stood uh, near the cross where his mother was standing. Jesus is on the cross, and he is dealing with all that. And yet, he saw his mother and the disciples whom he loved standing nearby, and he says, Dear woman, here is your son, and to the disciples, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciples took care of his mother. He, he made arrangements. He was looking out for mom. Uh, John, yeah, what did I say? It's the disciple that he loved, yes. He was speaking to one, yes, absolutely. Uh, I stand corrected, that's a great point. Um, so he, he, Jesus' actions respected her role as mom. He took care of mom. And I know some of you are in the same boat I am right now, where my mom is getting her, her 80th birthday is in a week or two, and discerning what's best for her, um, even when... Her judgment may not be the best and how to properly honor her as my mom and deal with that. And I don't know if you have the dynamics of other siblings who don't even live near and don't take care of it, but they have an opinion and they say, well, here's what you ought to do and, uh, and, and have to deal with that and, and work through those issues as well. So uh, Jesus, he, he got that. On the next page, I love the three simple points. Jesus offers us a perfect example of how to interact with our moms. Healthy boundaries, genuine love, proper respect. And if we ever have a question where we're like, okay, Lord, what do I do in this situation? Stop and see what God wants to do. Stop, engage God, say, God, give me help here. And then evaluate what are the options and just ask God for wisdom. How do I move forward from here? Um, and I'm going to let you guys fill in the last blank before we put it on the screen. Many of us have blank business with mom. Unfinished, unfinished business with mom. And I think those really identify, identify patterns in our lives. I know that uh, I had a short fuse and it still pops up every now and then. And I know that came from my mom. She is an Irish woman and uh, red hair. And it's, I, I remember being at the mall and, and one time, more than one time, and they were just like, oh, we can't take that back. She goes, I have my receipt. And Well, we can't do anything. And she goes, well, you can. And, and, and I just remember going, oh, you don't. Oh, I just had to go hide in the clothes because she was going to get her way. And it was just a matter of, of dealing with that. Um, so here's what I want to do. I want to have another discussion here. We've pretty much done that first question in the identifying part. Answer those next two questions, uh, the, co the connection that you have between you and related to the mom. But I want you to think about this as well, especially if you have children that are older. Um, how does your wife relate to your sons? How does your wife relate to uh, uh, daughter-in-laws? How are those dynamics? And, and just kind of see how that can be cut off at the pass. Uh, and how can we help those and watch those and maybe even bring up and identify issues with, you know what? Here's what I had to deal with or here's what I had to kind of overcome. Think through that and be aware of it. But 
wherever you are in your walk, whether, you know what, my mom's been gone for years, that's okay. How are you dealing with your wife and making sure that, that works best with your kids? And uh, do that. So these uh, questions two and three, take about 10 minutes on that, and then we'll wrap it up. Alrighty, guys, let's recap and uh, wrap it up. Some Some great words. If you look on page 62, you're going to see some iconic quotes from some moms on TV that were actually pretty funny. Um, and and that's that's kind of been the, it's just an overview of what it, it can look like. You can read those. Going into next week, next week is kind of, we've, we've identified, hey, there are these wounds, uh, father wounds, mother wounds, and that I've seen where there's been some patterns in my life from it. Uh, next week, we're going to start into the, okay, now that we know they're there, what do I do with them? It, it, it explains it, but it doesn't excuse it. So what do we do? How do we find that healing? I would encourage you, there's three really good pieces starting at uh, page 66. If you've been through, let's say your childhood, you didn't have a foundation or a role model or you didn't have any kind of faith growing up, that first story is really, really powerful. One of the quotes from there was, without a clear definition of manhood, boys will settle for any model. And it's just a story about a guy who really went through exactly that and kind of his struggles to to find that. Um, Facing our wounds requires responsibility. We have to own them. It's just a really, really cool story. If you don't have a chance to read all of them, please read the two pages, 70 and 71. Uh, John Bryson, one of the writers does an incredible job of setting the table for next week of this is how we start experiencing healing in that. And then if you have, uh, maybe you grew up with a father who was uh, distant, uh, absent, or uh, even, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, I don't know, more intentional, just abusive. That's the word I'm looking. Um, The story of Buddy Griffin is an incredible story of uh, how he got healed there. So, that's what we're going to look at next with the healing is going to be really, really good. And it's really actually a perfect week if you know somebody that hasn't been to any of them. Um, next week would be a great time to invite them in and say, hey, man, just come to one because it's really very uh, uh, healing in its, in its material and gives us a focus on how to move forward and get there. Um, two pieces I wanted to leave with you tonight. One is just the acronym Worried Excited. And remember this week, if God brings to your mind anything from any of the, what the other guys shared, take a second. Uh, you don't have to close your eyes, especially if you're driving, but uh, you can you just pray for him. Lift him up and say, God, will you just uh, give him wisdom, give him healing, whatever he needs there. And then secondly, I haven't done this yet, and I'm, I keep forgetting it. One, my number's on the bottom there. I have so enjoyed uh, getting together with guys for dinner the night before, breakfast in the morning. And uh, if that's something that's interested you at all. Um, I love doing that. That's one of my favorite pieces to do. Uh, I had dinner with uh, Roger this night. He's one of the morning morning group guys and uh, had a bunch of the leaders the first week and had breakfast last week with a bunch of guys from the breakfast crew. It was, it's just great to be around and just talk about nothing, talk about everything. And uh, if that's something of interest to you, please take, that is my actual number. Text me and uh, I'd be glad to hit you back and uh, and do that. So uh, any any other takeaway from tonight any anything that you think man i didn't think that before or man this was illuminating or man it just 
enjoyed listening. This guy didn't know he was that weird. Uh, anything, anything that sticks out in your mind? Well, good deal. Well, this is a big group, but uh, feel free to linger. We, we intentionally over this this time, this period, um, we say it's normally ninety minutes or less, and, and we intentionally try to add at least five, ten minutes into the end, so you can linger. You don't have to rush out. And uh, I just, this is just one of seriously, this is one of my recharging stations during the week. And so thanks for being here and being a part. I hope it has that effect for you as well. Uh, let me wrap us up in a word of prayer, and then we'll, we'll head. Father, thank you so much for this time. I ask that your Holy Spirit that lives in us would uh, bring these different men in our group to mind this week. And when they do, I pray that you would give us a clarity on just bringing them before your throne. I pray for every one of those uh, anxieties, worries, or just on our mind pieces that we would realize you want to engage in those areas. That's why you indwell us. And Lord, I pray that we'd also realize that you are just as excited with the exciting parts. I thank you for that. What a freedom to enjoy those. Show us how to enjoy it to the fullest because that's how, that's why you came. And Lord, I thank you so much for these men. And I just in, in, invade our worlds and with you because that's what we need most. In Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for coming, guys. What a good night.